Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 266. One quote that I've always enjoyed from Henry Ford is, if you think you can, you can, and if you think you can't, you're right. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Award-winning author and designer Dwight Knowlton has done it again. His book, The Greatest Race, is now available. The Greatest Race is the story of Sir Sterling Moss's epic and record-crushing win of the 1955 Mille Miglia in the Mercedes-Benz 300 SLR. In collaboration with Sir Sterling Moss himself, Dwight has created a wonderful children's book from this epic race as a follow-up to his best-selling book, The Little Red Racing Car. I have my own copy of The Greatest Race, and I can tell you, this kid's impressed. Like his previous book, this one is printed in the USA. Check out Dwight's Carpe Viem brand, where you can find both of his books, shirts, and more that embrace his seize-the-road philosophy. Enjoy Carpe Viem at carpegear.com, and be sure to sign up for his newsletter while you're at his website. That's carpegear.com, C-A-R-P-E-Gear.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited today to introduce a very special guest, Pete Cowick. Pete, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yep, I'm ready. Click it or ticket. Let's go. <laughs> oh, gosh, we're in trouble now. Pete Cowick is the owner and operator of Ohio Metal Shaping, located in Troy, Ohio. There he specializes in metal shaping, fabricating, and the restoration of classic and vintage automobiles. Pete's a graduate of Wyotech Technical School. And after spending eight years working in restoration shops where he restored Concord-level automobiles, he decided to start his own business. Now he's up and operating Ohio Metal Shaping. So, Pete, I've told our listeners just a little about you. Would you take just a brief moment and share a little more about your business, your interests, and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Sure, Mark. I worked on in a restoration shop for about, about eight years and was kind of getting tired of having cars being correct down to the nut and bolt. And I uh, wanted to do something more creative, create more things that were coming in my head. And uh, one day I was doing laundry and saw a sign for a shop for rent and uh, called the guy the next day. And the guy said, yeah, there's a basement shop available for you. You can move in whenever you want. So then I took out all my tools and all the tools I collected and uh, moved into my shop. And I've been open for about nine months now. And uh, things are slowly taking off. Something's really cool about this because you're obviously a car guy. You like cars, right? Yes, of course. And you worked in other people's shops working on Concord level cars and and vehicles. But there's something about you. And Paul McGee, who's been a guest on the show, is the gentleman who told me I should talk with you. And he said that, you know, here's a real creative guy that wants to do things a little different, kind of do it his own way. And you've, you've taken that huge leap and just started your own business. It's kind of a dream for a lot of people, and it's a lot of what Cars yeah is all about. So tell me a little bit before we get into these questions. You said you have you have a, you want to do things your own way. What do you mean by that? I want to take maybe, you know, instead of having everything cracked down to the nut and fastener, but maybe try to make panels that hide your nuts and bolts, make things cleaner. But also maybe uh, the recent idea I've had is just to design up a different style gas cap and add a lot of attention to detail into just how the gas cap you know, attaches or screws down. 
you know, with concourse cars, they're just screw on and they're standard gas cap. Mm -hmm. But, you know, owning your own place, you could take that time to uh, spend the attention detail on, you know, a little part like that. Sure. So are you, as you start to develop your business, how are you attracting business to yourself so that you have work to do? Are you letting people know that you're in business or have you made acquaintances with people who are saying, hey, build this piece for me, make this part for me? A lot of people have known I've worked at restoration shops for a while and then word is slowly getting out there that I have my own place. And that's how I've got in contact with Paul through local people that have known where I've worked mm-hmm. and uh, now they know I'm on my own. What are some of the things that uh, if I walked into your shop, what are some of the things that you could make for me or do for me? I really don't um I really don't think there's anything I cannot do. So building frames, uh panel beading, making fenders, uh anything in metal basically? Yes, uh like I have a very well equipped shop, mill lathe, pull max planishing hammer. I think you also should not turn down any work. You should always accept work and kind of almost figure it out as you go. I see. Okay, very cool. Well, we're going to learn more about your life and your journey, but I always start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's uh, something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Pete, take the wheel. Uh, one quote that I've always enjoyed from Henry Ford is, if you think you can, you can, and if you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> I love that quote myself. In fact, I have a salutation on one of my emails that that quote is underneath my name. How have you incorporated that quote and that idea into your life and your business? Uh, with that, I've built a car completely from scratch, or one and a half cars completely from scratch, and I've just taken you know, the thoughts that have come in my head, and I've been able to make them. Now, you you said you made a one and a half car. Can you well, explain I, guess that? I would say <laughs> I've, I've, I made one, and then I'm in the process of making another one. Okay, there you go. I was trying to imagine what a one and a half car looked like. So the concept is uh, if you think you can do it, of course you can. You just got to start doing it. Yes. I built a Model A, just about a Model A Roadster pickup, just about completely from scratch. And uh, one of the things I want to do is have a custom air cleaner on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like kind of the custom fin aluminum air cleaners. Well, I didn't want to buy anything. So I talked to a local foundry guy and uh, machined up my own pattern uh, with all the fins in it and then talked to him about having the correct taper and the all the things he needs basically to cast the air cleaner. Mm-hmm. And I made my own air cleaner lid out of uh, some tool board. Then he took the project over and, uh, you know, cast out aluminum for me. And that was a thought I had in my head. I was able then to make it. Your story reminds me a little bit of a guest I had on a while back here. Called, his name is Chris Rungi, and Chris builds, oh. yes, you, maybe you know of Chris? I don't know him personally, but I know of his work. You know yeah. of his, yeah. So a lot like the way Chris approached things when he started, because he didn't have any skill sets when he started. He just started pounding metal and just started learning things. But it all is coming out of his mind, out of his head. And his idea was, you know what? I think I can figure this out. It's going to take me some time, so... I always admire people that do that, that just pick up a torch, pick up a hammer, pick up a whatever it is, and they just start building stuff and make it happen. So I think that's really great. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? Tell me about that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy. 
I think it came around time about high school. I never grew up in a family, a car family. I'm, uh, I think, the only car guy in my family, besides my uncle. It all started when I was going to college and wa- or in high school, and you had to go, you know, figure out what you wanted to go to college for. I knew I wanted to do something with my hands. I was looking at engineering, and you just sit behind a desk all day. So during that time, there was, uh, you know, Jesse James, Motorcycle Mania, Monster Garage, and Power Block, and mm-hmm. that basically kind of inspired me to start metal fabrication and learning how to weld. So with that, my parents bought me a little craftsman welder, and uh, in my garage, I tried to start learning how to weld. It was very successful, but I trying to weld. Well, you didn't burn the garage down. No, no, it's the house is still intact, yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. From there, how did things progress? Because you ended up going to a technical school. That's where you decided to go, right? Yeah, I, uh, I attended WyoTech and uh, wanted to you know learn aut- more automotive fabrication. And there you learn how to weld, uh, make and tig, and you learn chassis fabrication and sheet metal work. And there, you know, you have to do a project vehicle. And uh, I never had a project vehicle, so I was like, well, let's just start building one. And that's where I started building uh, my Model A Roadster pickup. And I built the pickup cab there. Very cool. Well, I love that. You know, the next part of this has to do with challenges and failures. And you're just starting out in your career. A lot of my guests have had very long, illustrative careers. Some of them are just beginning, and some of them are aspiring to, but you've actually started. Is there something that you faced along the way that's a huge challenge or great failure that you could share with us? And the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that and what did you learn from it? Right now, we're just starting the business, uh, being all, only open for about nine months. I'm finding it difficult to kind of juggle everything, uh, juggling all the projects and things are starting to take off. That's been the most difficult part. And uh, I've had you know a friend, my friend Dylan Myers, has been coming in and helping me out. And uh, he's also helped a lot set up the shop and mm-hmm. you know work late nights with me and uh, help get things done. As far as what I've done to kind of keep things going or not lose track of it is, uh, you know, write things down where you left off on projects. And uh, also, my buddy Dylan keeps intact about telling me all the stuff I need to get done and all the stuff I need to do. Would you say that one of the biggest challenges has to do with the business side of running a business? Because you're a hands-on guy, a uh, uh a doer of things. And a lot of people that start their own businesses realize pretty quickly that there's a lot more to running a business than welding and pounding metal. There's all these other facets. Yeah. The other, I wouldn't say downside or the other part of having your own business is doing all the paperwork. When I was doing my 2014 taxes, I told my accountant, I'm like, I feel like I'm back in high school again, having to do homework. And he goes, well, yeah, it's, you know, the homework, work of owning your own business mm-hmm. and uh you know i think it's also important to be able to do your own paperwork because then you know how much money you got in the bank and then you know how you know what bills you got to pay so i think really just starting out a business or owning your own business kind of juggling everything and keeping on top of everything make sure you know things are getting done on time and bills are getting paid We could probably do a whole show on that aspect of starting a business and how to operate the business as a quote-unquote businessman versus a fabricator. And I think a lot of people find out pretty quickly when they start businesses that there's this whole other side to it that some of it is not very much fun. 
but it is absolutely necessary so things go smoothly and especially for your customers. How about shifting gears a little bit here and talk about an aha moment? Uh, I like to say it's a time in your life when you the headlights came on and kind of illuminated your way for a new idea or a new direction, a new thought process. Could you tell us about maybe an aha moment you've had in your career? The aha moment I've had in my career was taking Faye Butler's seminar. Uh, Faye Butler is probably the master power hammer guy in Massachusetts. When you go take his class, you don't only learn about metal shaping. You learn about the science metal shaping. And with him, you, you learn, and what I've learned is uh, what goes on when you're shaping metal, uh, what's happening when you're welding, happening to the grains, uh, and why some material is easier to shape than others. With that kind of made everything easier. He also got me to reading books, and then with those reading, you know, with reading books, you also learn more. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely a big, you know, turning point for me. Oh, now did you do this while you were in school, or was this after? This was after. It kind of took me a while to take Faye's seminar because it's also costs a lot and his views are very different. But I believe anyone who takes it, it definitely changes them as a person and a fabricator and a craftsman. Very interesting. So he teaches you about metallurgy, if you will, how yeah. what happens to metal when you bend it, touch it, heat it up, cool it, all those different things. Yes. And he goes through the science and what happens to the atoms. Yeah, you know, when you heat up the metal and very cool. We'll make sure we put his uh, website up on your show notes page. I think it'd be very interesting for people to learn more about him. How about yeah. proudest moments? Is there a moment in your career? Your career as your with your own business is very short, but is there a moment in your business life as being a fabricator that you feel really proud? Uh, yeah, with just starting out my own business. I know it's been short-lived, but just making everything happen and things coming together has been kind of a proud moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, my shop's in a basement, and it wasn't used for about 10 years, and it was a storage facility for a transmission shop. Disaster. It was a complete disaster. So getting it cleaned out, setting everything up, bringing in all my tools took a while. Mm-hmm. And then just being in there at night, one night, and says, you know, wow, I did this. Yeah. Well, you know, there's something really key here you just did this almost sounds truly that you just did it but the fact that you actually did it i think is the key here for people because so much of getting into business for yourself and making something happen no matter what it is is just moving forward and doing it and that's what sounds like exactly what you did you just did it no matter how difficult or crazy it might have seemed i'm going to start a business in a basement of an old transmission shop that probably smells like a bunch of old transmission fluid, right? Oh, yeah, transmission fluid and mold, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was great. (laughs) It was great. I love that. Great attitude. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special vehicle? And it might have been the first car you had, but maybe you could share a memory you had with that car. Yeah, uh, my first special vehicle uh, was my 29 Model A Roadster pickup I basically built from scratch. The only original Actually, 29 parts from the car were the grill shell, the front frame horns, and the axle. Oh, my gosh. And I built the whole rest of the car. Wow. Well, let me ask you this. Why did you, first and foremost, why did you pick that car? That was a project I, you know, that I took on at WowTech. Like, you have to have your own car project. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, let's just build a car. You know, let's make a project. Since I didn't have a project car, I'll just start making one. Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of... 
little simple to do, but it was also just a challenge. It was metal shaping, shaping mm-hmm. the um, the side of the body, and kind of almost designing the body too, because right. I didn't have blueprints to go off of. Now, did you pick a Model A because that's a pretty simple car? Is that part of the decision process? Because I mean, that's a pretty specific car to pick as a project car. I and mean, you have so many options to choose from cars, right? But is it because of the simplicity or was there something about that car that excited you? No, the reason why I picked the Model A pickup, it was, you know, it's very simple. It's kind of just, uh, you know, three you know three panels and then I bought a cowl and a gas tank. So it was a pretty simple project and it was something that I could get done in the time frame I see. that I had allotted. Okay. So that's why I picked that, you know, picked the truck, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just watched a video last night on Henry Ford, and they showed those cars in the production line, and and they were incredibly simple. That's why it worked for him, how simple those cars were, but how well they did pretty much everything as far as a car goes. So, yeah, very cool. Well, maybe you can send me a picture that we can put up on your show notes page of you with that vehicle. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool for people to see. Do you want me to go into kind of a memory of that car? I would love to hear about a memory of that car. One of the fond memories I have of that car was uh, my buddy Shane and I. He's got a 27T Roadster. And it's us, uh, you know, kind of racing up the highway. There was also this very dangerous app where you could track your, you know, speed while driving. Mm -hmm. We'd always go back and forth about how fast we were going. So that was just a fun car to whip around the highway and. Well, children listening, don't do that, okay? <laughs> I don't think my parents are going to like that part. But, no, uh, <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Well, we'll just uh, skip past that. But uh, it sounds pretty cool. The, the idea of building your own vehicle from scratch and then being able to take it out and drive it sounds pretty darn special. So I think very few people can say that they've done that. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've owned that you've let go that you wish you could have back? Almost don't think it would be seller's remorse. I had my Model A pickup until one night I spun it out and snapped a telephone pole in three with it. Oh, no. So that might be a little seller's remorse. That or, How about driver's remorse? <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish I still had it just to sell it so I could buy some, you know, some more tools with it. Yeah, so that's the car you actually built you're talking about? Yeah, you know, I built it from scratch. Took it about, you know, three years to build. Oh, then, yeah. so see, here's the lesson, kids out there. This is why you don't drive fast out on the streets and the roads is because you can destroy your toy. Well, I'm glad you're okay, first and foremost, but I'm sorry to hear you lost that vehicle. But why don't you just rebuild it? Yes, I'm in the pro- I'm, I'm thinking about it. I have some ideas kicking around in my head, and uh, it, it will come out soon, maybe when things get settled with the business and I actually have some free time for myself. So There you go. The, the cobbler's kids have no shoes. That's always the story. How about current projects? Is there something you're working on in your shop right now that really has you excited and fired up? Yeah, current we've got a few things in the shop. Working on a custom gas tank with 95 customs and uh, you know, hopefully build another good relationship with them and do a few more custom gas tanks with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also just picked up a 32 Brookville body and uh, chopping the top on that. And another major project is a 1949 International of a rat rod that the customer wants to build and you know sure we'll build you a rat rod but we're going to do it right and make sure everything's nice and you could put your ratty international pickup cab on this nice chassis so (laughs) there you go a semi rat rod (laughs) yes i like that 
Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Pete. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Uh, I think I would maybe be a pre-war Bentley. Okay, now, a pre that's a pretty I, significant car. Why a pre-war Bentley? I think I might be a pre-war Bentley just because they're kind of a little bit too difficult to work on or their own they're their own car. Uh, with me, I'm not saying I'm difficult to work with, but I like to have things things or my shop set up a certain way. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of have all maybe I have my things set up or my ducks in a row before I start working on stuff, or maybe it's a little OCD problem there. <laughs> but uh, you know, just some of the stuff I like to do, or I have to have things set up a certain way before start working. Or well, Bentleys are such special cars, and they are. A certain type of car definitely has a certain aspect about them in many respects. So that's a, that's why I asked that question. It's a very interesting question for people to answer. It tells us a little bit more about you. Did I answer that one okay? Or hey, I was, it's I your, your, any answer is okay with that one. <laughs> okay. That's why I asked that question. It's very unique for sure. So Pete up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal... Here's a little something from today's sponsor. No more worries about a dead battery. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium-ion technology that'll start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle every time. Includes a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight, and it easily recharges with USB outlets so you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality, design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at Genius Chargers Okay, Pete, we're entering the last lap, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yep, let's go. Okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? To read books and to uh, talk to some old-timers or go hang out in old-timer shops. Research, definitely. Would you share one of the habits that you think has contributed to your success and ability to open your own business? Just work hard and stick with things. No matter how tough things are, just push through. There you go. Love it. Do you have a resource that you really like that you think the Cars Yow listeners would enjoy? The Faye Butler and uh, 95 Customs. Very cool. Yeah, 95 Customs. We had Paul on the show. Uh, he's doing some really cool things with his new, fairly new business. He's pretty new at being in business as well. Yeah, we're we're kind of neighbors. Yep, exactly. I think that's great. Is there a book that you've read that you think our Cars Yeah listeners would really enjoy? Uh, Cass Nowaki's Any Impossibilities in Metal Shaping. When did you read that? Was that part of a school project or after you got out of school? That was after I got out of school. That was referenced by another metal shaper, Craig Naff. I don't know if anyone can get it anymore or might be all... Out of print, maybe? Yeah. Okay. All right, listeners, you can find links to all these resources that uh, Pete has shared with us at carsyad.com slash Pete Cowick. And Pete's last name is C-O-W-I-C. Pete, do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars? Yes. I play hockey on the Mega City Hockey League for the gold team. Very cool. Very cool. I love it. That's great. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy for some people. 
If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost because today I'm going to write the check for whatever you'd like, what would that one vehicle be and why? One vehicle would be uh, Norman Tim's Buick Streamliner. If I had that car, I think I'd just stare it at all day. Mm-hmm. It's a one-off car, coach-built car, back, built back in, I believe, in 49. Oh, wow. The shape of the car is just beautiful. Wow. Now, have you? Act, does the car still exist? Yes, it was it was restored a few years ago, and I had the pleasure of seeing it at Pebble Beach in 2012 when I went out there. Okay. And uh, right now it's in the Indianapolis Art Museum for an exhibit. Oh, very cool. Well, Pete, you've taken me on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in Norman Tibbs' special car? Sure. Our habits are the invisible architecture of our daily life, and we repeat about 40% of our behavior almost daily. So our habits today are going to shape our existence and our future. Very interesting. Now, where did that come from? I saw that online, and it's kind of just a thing to you know have good habits mm-hmm. and to have good worth ethic because that's going to shape your future. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Stephen Covey wrote a great book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he talks about just that in that book of these habits that are great habits to have to help you be professional and a better person in life. I've loved that book, giving it to my kids. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Listeners, you can find links to everything that Pete has shared with us today. Again, at carsyad.com. Just put Pete in the search box and his show notes page will pop right up. Hey, Pete, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. See you later. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!